Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I guess whenever you're ready. Yeah. Hey, guys. I am with Carcinogen SDA. How's it going, man? Pretty good. Pretty good. Thank you for having me, Bob. So we are in your uh, we are in your lair, your command center, if you will, uh, where you do all your streaming. Um, yes. I have a lot of questions for you, and some of them are going to be really dumb questions. So you're going to have to bear with me. Dude, uh, go for it. I'm a fan of your work, but I don't know much about the craft. So um, I guess I'll start with the dumbest question of the day. What does the SDA stand for? Uh, it stands for uh, Speed Demos Archive, which is a... Uh, it's it's like the longest running uh, speed running website on the internet. It's a website that I used to submit all of my videos to. Hmm. So it's like you know just just as uh, just as you know speed running has grown on and on, and you know speed demos archive has uh, kind of fallen you know has kind of kind of fallen on the wayside. You know I still keep I still keep it there because you know it's like that's like that's that's where I came from. That's like my origin story. You know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Uh, second dumbest question of the day: How tall are you? <laughs> 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 i uh, fair, i'm not fair. a short guy by any means and he towers over me i feel like a midget next to him <laughs> that's the first it's the first time someone's called me tall no i have to give you money <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, I did, I it's did. funny too because i'm sitting yeah. in a chair that makes me look taller but it's just, this is funny because that's how we look when we're standing next to each other except he's that much bigger than me yeah you know it's like it's it sure is a thing six four six five yeah like six five jeez big dude but uh, I grew this way, he grew that way. But uh, yeah, so uh, back to more relevant questions. Uh, sure, sure. So you are, uh, is, is there a proper way to say it? Um, a Twitch streamer, a streamer? What's the, you know, is there a politically correct or incorrect way to say something like that? Um, you, could, you could just say that, you know, I'm like, I'm like a streamer. You know, like, like generally it's, uh, it, would be more, it would be more accurate to say a streamer or in my case, you know, I'm a speedrunner. So, you know, just call me a speedrunner, I guess. But it okay. could go it could go streamer, speedrunner, or, you know, if you're like a pro player, then you could say, oh, he's like he's like a, a pro Quake player or a pro Dota player or, you know, something like that. So but in my case, you know, it's like it's like the terms speedrunner and streamer are pretty interchangeable as far as I've seen when people refer to me. So Gotcha. And uh Twitch is still the number one go-to place for people who are doing their live streaming. But I do see a lot of people re-upload their content. Maybe sometimes it's edited for the best parts up on other platforms, mostly YouTube. I've seen yeah. a bunch on Vimeo as well, though. Is that pretty much how it goes? Uh, yeah, for the most part. I mean, it's like even though even though Twitch is pretty much at the forefront of, um, of live streaming as far as video game content is concerned, uh, the YouTube install base is still is still very 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 large Mm -hmm. you know it's like even though it's like even though amazon you know definitely sees like you know the benefit in owning a content creation platform and you know they're doing they're doing everything they can to just make twitch explode so far it's working Mm -hmm. um it is important to you know not ignore the fact that youtube still has you know a like like an install base just like a billion users large yeah so you know so so at the same time 
you know, it's like it's like you know, their 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 clauses, their contracts. You know, they don't they don't forbid you to upload your stuff to YouTube. You just like can't like it. Just just if you're a partnered streamer on Twitch, you know, you can't like stream it to the same platforms at the same time. So a partnered streamer would be somebody that has like an, a paid account, correct? Yeah, yeah. Someone someone who basically gets uh, gets paid, you know, a a share of like you know the ad revenue. You know the subscription revenue, and uh, you know any any like any like donations, like any on-site donations, would get paid. You know, like to the to the streamer with like you know a split in like you know the corresponding areas. That's interesting because I, uh, I everything I all my channels are the free channels. I think my YouTube's uh, I think I have ads on that, but it's paid me nothing. It doesn't even pay for like one beer during the stream. But yeah. uh, I use Restream.io so I could simulcast on both. Yeah, yeah. Um, but because I'm not a partner, that wouldn't apply to me. I'm a lot. Right, right. It doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't really. It doesn't really matter. I mean, if you have, you know, if you have like, a, if you have like a viewer base, you know, on both, on both channels, then you know that's that that's a place that's a place where it would benefit. Otherwise, you know, I mean, like I I, I think I think generally what I what, when when most people simulcast, like I usually see it's like uh, it's like people who are you know who are like not sure what platform they want to like they want to like choose. And they're just like kind of you know taking a shot in the dark and you know just like kind of doing, doing both sites either way until until something until something hits and you know until one picks up and then you stick with that one primarily right yeah yeah yeah, yeah gotcha but it's but it, but I feel like it could be I feel like it could be very tough trying to um trying to entertain crowds on two platforms at once it is because I um and for the record for any of Carsey's fans that are watching I'm Bob I- from Retro RGB and uh, I do not stream games i have streamed one or two but it was more just like a for fun laid back thing any of the streaming that i've done is always like uh, a hardware tech based i think everybody's favorite was when i was tuning the crt live on camera and a couple of my friends signed off because they were convinced i was going to die touching (laughs) (laughs) so yeah but uh um but yeah that's the type of stuff i do i don't i don't mostly do games but yeah it's rough because you have to have um, for me, especially when I, I'm walking around the office doing things, I have to have a friend log on and have both windows up to check the chat in both. And then if one's really engaging, you tend to accidentally forget about the other, and it's a, it's a little overwhelming. So I do try to stick to one at a time now, but I, I see the appeal as just throw it out there and see what bites. But, um, so now you uh, you just had a pretty amazing week at uh, GDC, right? Yeah, games, yeah, GDQ, games done quick. G- GDQ, games done quick. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, can you explain basically what that is for people that don't know, and then uh, what happened? Okay, so, uh, well, you know, games done quick was a uh, games done quick is a charity speedrunning event. Uh, it takes place uh, twice a year. You know, it's run it's run by you know like a like a group of people who started up. Who started it up from Speed Demos Archive? Like the origin is like Games Done Quick comes from a uh, the namesake comes from a series of like uh, earlier videos on Speed Demos Archive called Quick Done Quick, and uh, eventually you know like uh, once speedrunning grew to a reasonable size, uh, groups of uh, groups of groups of people started live streaming charity events. Uh, you know things like things like you know the Penn and Teller Desert Bus. I'm sure I'm sure right, of course I'm sure some 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 of your some of your viewers may be familiar with that. Where they just like you know play desert bus for eight hours on like the on like the stream just and for charity just to yeah. be silly and then you know there was another there was another group called the speed gamers who you know they they beat games you know they beat games like reasonably fast but you know not like not like not like you know world record fast like you know like breaking it down to a science and then it's like we saw that and it's like hey why don't we try doing something like that I mean like we've got you know we've got we've got like a we've got like a small group of people who are like you know well versed and like you know pretty much 
pretty much every popular speedrun game. Why don't we just, you know, why don't we just like get together and just do it? And, uh, you know, like it started a MAGFest and like, uh, well, it was supposed to be a MAGFest in like 2009, uh, but some things fell through and we wound up uh, streaming it at the uh, head organizer's basement, <laughs> Michael Yama's basement. And, uh, and that was uh, that was like a classic game stone quick. I personally didn't participate in that one, but I was still there because it was still a speedrunning meetup, mm-hmm. and there weren't like there weren't like any of them at the time. You know, I just I it's like it's like even though it was decided you know very early on that I wasn't gonna that I wasn't gonna get a run in, I still wanted to be there. I still wanted to you know I still wanted to support try to try to help out in any way that I could, and um, then uh, the year after that, you know, it's like there's a, there's there's like a there's like a larger like it got larger basically the attendance just like just like outgrew a basement and so it started started running a 4-h center for like a whole week there was like a 4-h center like not too far and just like rented that out for a whole week and you know then it kind of grew marginally larger outgrew the 4-h center now it's hotels so here we are now and uh basic basically games done quick is you know now it's like on twice a year it's on like the front page of twitch every week and there's like an upwards of like 150,000 viewers, like 150,000 average viewers watching, you know, like speed runs for like a week straight back to back. That's pretty awesome. And, you know, it's like, it's like this year we raised about, you know, like for, for awesome games done quick, the, the, uh, the, uh, games done quick raised about, uh, $2.2 million for the, uh, prevent cancer foundation. That's a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure that, uh, I'm pretty sure the games done quick, like, I haven't really done any of the research, but I'm pretty sure that it's like the highest grossing video game charity event in the world right now. Jeez, that's killer. Um, and you participated this year, and uh, now your primary, uh, primary game that you speedrun is Resident Evil, correct? Yes. So, uh, in PS2, um, which is, is there more than one Resident Evil for PS2? Um, well, I mean, it's like, well, I mean, I run, I run all my RE, um, like pretty much all of my Resident Evil games, like on as close to original console as I can. Just like you know, just because that's the way the uh, the leaderboards for the game are are organized, is um you know we have like all the disc based consoles and like one in like one category you know if it's running emulators we have it in another category but uh, but I mean like you know there's there, there's like there's like a there's like a bunch of different categories for Resident Evil too and you know that's just because it's the nature of the way each individual port was programmed they can't be compared to each other so we can't just have them all on the same leaderboard or even time them all like uh you know that makes real sense. real time for each of them because there's always going to be like differential mm-hmm. differentials and load times and you know just like stuff like that so we have to find some way to keep it keep you know at least the versions consistent but uh in my case you know i try to i try to run the games on as close to you know the the original hardware as i can mm-hmm. and you know that's kind of that's kind of where i i discovered you know you know, like the RGB rabbit hole because I wanted to, uh, because I, d- I just wanted to squeeze out better quality out of all of my, yeah, out of all my sense. game consoles. And especially because I want to branch out into doing other consoles like N64, SNES, original mm-hmm. Nintendo, you know, stuff like that. We're all of like the, uh, we're all of like the popular speed games are on and, you know, I want to, I want to kind of learn about as many video games as I can essentially. Well, I definitely want to circle back around to your sure, hardware sure. setup, but to stick at the moment with uh, GDQ. Um, so you, ba- you show up with your own hardware. Um, mm-hmm. And you showed up with a, a PlayStation Two, and did you bring a monitor to that one as well, or did you use one of theirs? Um, I used one of theirs, but uh, but this year I ran uh, I ran Resident Evil Seven, which okay. was on which was on PC. Oh, you did the uh, PC one? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like like Resident Evil Seven just came out uh, just came out in uh, January of 2017, and uh, it quickly shot up to becoming the uh, single most popular Resident Evil game to speedrun very quickly. Um, Why is that? 
Uh, well, I mean, it's like it's like aside from being new, you know, like pretty much everyone, you know, pretty much everyone who's you know been on you know who's been on the Resident Evil train at some point is probably like been on YouTube and you know seen like some some robot playing the video game or something robot figuratively speaking because mm-hmm. usually a lot of these a lot of these speed runs you know they don't they don't have they don't have commentary but there's usually like you know some crazy you know some crazy chinese or japanese dude just there like you know just 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 total just totally destroying the game <laughs> and uh you know and and because of like uh how easy it is to unlock all of the uh new game plus mm-hmm. items you know like the uh like just like the uh like a really strong handgun, infinite ammo, and like a circular saw, which basically functions as like the game's rocket launcher, except it's like a, an obscenely powerful melee weapon that destroys bosses in like three seconds. Love it. Um, it's uh, it it it, it, ba- it basically just became you know, and, and because it's like also in first person, you know, you don't like it was intended to be in VR, but it's not in VR for most people, you know, they're, they're like, they're like either playing with their PS4, you know, with keyboard and mouse on PC. So it's, so it pretty much has like a lot in common with, you know, just like running a first person shooter game as well. Consequently, um, it, uh, you know, it's like, it's like, it became the most accessible resident evil speedrun game. Okay. So, and, and, uh, people just started, you know, people just started running it. Um, and, uh, I ran the game at games done quick on uh the new game like on new game settings meaning i didn't use any of the bonus items like i just i just get i just straight up took whatever the game would normally give me on a first time playthrough and i also finished the game on madhouse difficulty which was the uh most difficult difficulty in the game so it made for uh it made for it made for a lot of tension yeah i can imagine so um, what uh, your average decent gamer, so not a competitive gamer, not a speedrunner, but somebody that's just good at video games. What would? How long would it normally take to beat Resident Evil Seven? Ah, uh, I mean, my first my first playthrough of Resident Evil Seven took me like eight hours. Okay, and I, I would say I would say like you know the average the average playthrough would be somewhere between like ten to twelve hours or something like that. Okay, and what did you do it in at GDQ? Uh, one hour, 49 minutes and some change. Like I was like, I was like 30 seconds underestimate. I don't exactly remember how much time it was. I just know, I, I just know I came in like just barely under the estimate hmm. of an hour and 50 minutes that I submitted whenever I was, uh, whenever I applied to, um, submit a run to the, uh, to the event. That's absolutely incredible. So how, how does the speed running process start? So you play through a game and you, you know, like your average player would, but are you immediately the first time you play a game looking for pathways, remembering shortcuts, things that you could do to improve? Um, I mean, in my case, because I've been speed running since like what, 2006. Mm-hmm. So like, I've, so like going on like 12 years now, um, like I, like I just kind of like look for that stuff naturally because that's just the way, that's just the way like I've, I've, I've trained myself to be in video games, but otherwise I, I try to, I try to enjoy the game casually for at least a few playthroughs. But you can't unsee stuff like that. Yeah, but it's I, like but when I, but Cruz but I, but I and I see yeah, an but arcade I, monitor and we know that it's out of calibration. Yeah, 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 that's yeah, all we can see. Exactly. So. Exactly. Yeah. So, so basically, so basically it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm already looking for, you know, like, like generally in my first couple of playthroughs, like the first things that I'm going to notice are, okay, so what is the fastest way from point A to point B? And, you know, it's, like, not necessarily, like, you know, the fastest way around enemies, but, like, I'm looking at things like event flags, mm-hmm. uh, which are basically, uh, which are basically the, uh, the, uh, the game, the game's engine basically, like, sort of checks these off, like, as you go, like, as you go along and just, like, hit different event triggers, 
excuse me. And then, uh, and, and basically I'm just like looking for the fastest, you know, just like, just like what is going to be the direct thing that I am going to do next. So when you say an event trigger, it's, it's whatever triggers the next part of the game to start. So yes. you have to be able to get to that and it's okay. Yeah. And it's like, sometimes, you know, you can, you can, uh, you can actually, uh, skip to, um, neck to like further sequences in the game using uh using glitches or you know sequence breaks like mm-hmm. some like sometimes it's sometimes you know you just like you just you can just like you know walk right by a place that you're supposed to do and just like trigger the next set of events which may or may not necessarily be a sequence break but generally sequence breaks are considered considered glitches you know like a lot of like a lot of times in a lot of games it kind of depends on the game's community it might go into a different category or something. Mm-hmm. Um, in the case of Resident Evil Seven, the game's event coding is actually pretty airtight, so there's there's um, there's no glitches to to speak of that uh, you can really take advantage of to to break the game from point A to point B. There is one out of bounds trick, you know, where you can get like where you can get like sent outside of the game's bounds, and you know, just like just like clip through a wall, basically. Like you you can have like you know the the main bad guy Jack if you're like facing a certain way like while standing on the stairs and then he like spins then, then he like does like an animation where he like spins you around like the hand is supposed to go in front of your face because you know it's like a, it's like a little vr gimmick right mm-hmm. and he like he like puts he like turns you around but when he does what happens is your hitbox just like clips through the wall and then the game is trying to eject you but it ejects you the other way so did you discover that one of the first times playing it then or was that uh, no no I, I i i didn't i didn't discover it like in general um in general speed running itself are or glitch hunting itself is usually a uh, is usually like a uh, a it's usually crowdsourced. Okay. So you know it's like it's like half the things that I find, you know, like 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 half the things that I do. Sorry, I should I shouldn't say that. Half the things that I half the things that you know I would do in a speed run, I I I, I didn't I didn't typically find them myself. Okay. So so I mean like I like like I'll do I'll do the routing for my own runs and I'll leave it to my best judgment. You know what is going to be what is going to be the fastest way to complete the game mm-hmm. and I'll always try to look for ways to do it faster. But in general, as far as like finding techniques and stuff, you know, that, that usually comes with, they usually comes with like the research of like, you know, one or two people. And it's like, Oh, maybe, maybe we can do the, do it this way or do it that way. And, you know, until it becomes like, you know, choreographed essentially. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. I mean, it's like the people who build cars versus the people who race cars, right? There's the, yeah, you know, yeah, it's yeah. two totally different ways to approach the, even though it's all a car. So yeah, that's, yeah, that makes sense. Um, so how long from the first time that you played it did you get it to like two hours ish? Uh, well, I didn't really start speedrunning it until maybe about like a like about a week or two into the uh, into the game's you know into into after release, like into the game's release. Um, there were there were plenty of other people who uh, were already pushing like, excuse me, two hours less than even. Um, so like around you know like one forty one thirty it just like kind of gradually you know went lower and lower and lower as people started getting more and more competitive. I just kind of like I just kind of like chilled out because it's like okay I, I I already see like you know what the general what the general meta is supposed to be for the speed mm-hmm. for the for the speed run tech. But I want to try but I want to try and stop and you know find my own tech try to find something different to do because you know it's like a, it, it's like it's like competition. Sometimes competition is, is 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 fun for me, but generally I just like kind of like to kind of like to piddle around, do my own thing, and try to find something that's going to make for good YouTube content. It's funny that you mentioned that because while you say that, um, it, 
the the competition part I get, but at the same time, uh, it's not like you need to be, uh, you know, in your in your in your room here. You, I mean, obviously in public around people, uh, you performed equally as good, if not better. So it's not it's not like you have to be alone to do it. It just maybe like the it's not the competition that drives you. You're just competing with your. It's not the competition with other people that's driving you. It's you're competing with yourself and yes. But it's not about being alone. It's just about you're trying to beat your own goals rather right. than trying to beat other people. Yeah, yeah. Stuff, so. Essentially, that's 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 what I like to do. Is I like to try to try to beat my own goals. Like occasionally, you know, I'll go to like, you know, the competitive categories and you know, just like try to, just like try to learn, just like try to learn new things here and there. But you know, it's like it's like only as long as only as long as I find it fun because, you know, it's like it's like if I if I if I try to like you know overburden myself with like so many different time saving tricks and just keep resetting runs over and over again because that is that is the thing we do. You know, like try we we play the game over and over again and sometimes you know we have to we have to like hit the reset button if you know we miss an important time save or something and you know we have to practice it we're not consistent at it or you know something like that um you know like i like i've 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 done that plenty of times with re7 but generally it's like i I like to try to look for you know something something you know something something more consistent gotcha so um out of all the things that you pick up on on these games, little ways to cut time, ways to to make things go faster, uh, how do you how do you memorize that? Like personally, what are your tricks to do that? Is it just repetition? Do you have like a, a regime that you stick to that helps you memorize things? Which I guess is the same question I could ask anybody about like studying for an exam. But it's still very it's always very interesting to me to see how people approach things like that. I think of it more like. Because uh, because my exposure to speedrunning has always been like you know videos, mm-hmm. you know like it's like it's gonna sound like it's gonna sound a little full of myself to say, but I've always viewed like you know like 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 when I was when I was younger like I gra- like I graduated high school and it's like man I see all these people doing like all these all these uh, all these skilled things in these video games I want to try it too mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because uh, because you know I want to I want to I want to look I want to look good while doing so so you know like I I uh, so I. I would do that and, you know, it'd basically be like, you know, like, like kind of sort of like playing out the script for a movie, basically. So you, uh, yeah, all right. That's a great analogy. Like rehearsing your lines for a movie. So then you, um, so you would practice all the hard parts individually so that when the time comes to play those in the game, you're already really good at them. So it's not, yeah, yeah. it's not so much that you're memorizing one, two, three, four, five, you're memorizing all the best scenes and then, yeah, you know, but of course the, in. but of course the breakdown is different for each type of, for each type of video game. Right. I mean, I'm not necessarily like you know trying to go for. I'm not trying to go for like you know like 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 in a movie. I'm not trying to go for like you know the things that make people feel some something. I'm just I'm just trying to I'm just trying to beat the game, man. Uh, true, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm just trying to I'm just trying to beat the game. I'm just trying to beat the game fast. But it's got to be a, a uh, it's got to be an adrenaline an adrenaline spike when you get to certain places, you know, especially ones that have been challenging you in the past and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it's a little, it's a little different with, it's a little different with GDQ, you know, total disclaimer, it's a little different with GDQ because, you know, it's like, it's like at that point, you know, it's because you have to be consistent, you have to be able to beat the game. It's like, it's like pretty much, pretty much all those, everything about time saves has got to fly, has got to fly out the window. You have to use what, you have to use what what we call like marathon strats or safety strats instead in order to, uh, in order to like consistently beat the game and, you know, try not to get too far behind because the objective is to to you know basically inform entertain and you know ge- and and generally make it look good hmm. as opposed to you know i mean it's like i mean you can i mean like if the game has a lot of checkpoints 
then it's a lot easier. But in the case of a Resident Evil game, there's not all that many checkpoints either. Like you have to, you, you generally have to like manually save your game, which means like in the case of Madhouse, there's only four checkpoints throughout the entire game. Wow. So okay. like, like normally, normally in Resident Evil 7, there's like, you know, there's like maybe about, maybe about 13 to 18 checkpoints. I actually don't remember. Um, but uh, there's also limited saves in, in Madhouse. So you have to like um, pick up, you know, you have to pick up like, you know, all these cassette tapes and save your game. Like you have to go actually go out of your way to create a checkpoint. Hmm. And you have to determine like the best places to uh, do that. And generally, when I did that, I, I I chose the places that would that would generally you know screw me over the most. So, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. So it was one of the things that I've been noticing lately is um, whenever I can casually play through a game, um, and more of like I guess this is probably the wrong word, but an, an adventure game. So not like a Tetris or something like that. Something with a storyline to it and, you know, fun little secrets like a Zelda or a Metroid or something. If I could play it casually and I play it, you know, an hour a day or something like that with some gaps in between, I tend to remember so much about it. All the weird little details. Right, right. And then recently I knew that I had some extra time and then uh, I know coming up I'm not going to have any extra time for a few months. So I blew through like three games and I barely remember anything about it. I did it in like, you know, 12 hour games that I did in maybe three, three, four hour stretches. Um, and I, I just, I don't know what it is, but I don't retain. And it's not like I'm sitting on my couch, stoned out of my mind, zombieing through right, a game. Right. Like I'm actually sucked you're in, enjoying. Yeah, you're the actually, you're actually, yeah, you're actually, your 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 head is in the game, but it's mm-hmm. but but it but it doesn't really retain. Yeah. Um, Do you ever find stuff like that, or is that just like a, once you be once you train yourself like any other athlete, you know, your your brain just gets used to it. You remember everything, and you just keep yeah, going. It kind of depends on it. Kind of depends on like how long I've been I've been playing or speed run speed running the game. Like with some like with some games, you know, it takes me about like. It takes me about a day or two, like mm-hmm. just to like sort of refresh myself and also like try to practice any new strats that I uh, that I uh, might not have um, that I might not have learned since uh, like since since I last did a run. But you know, sometimes it's even as you know, sometimes it's even as as big as like you know, oh well, I I actually I actually need to refresh my memory on you know what's what what even is point A to point B sometimes because you know like like take uh what like there's there's a game i run parasite eve 2 for instance Mm -hmm. um and it's like i ran i ran it for about a week and i got like about like a like a time of around like you know an hour 30 but when i come back to it i don't remember where i don't remember like what the most important ammo pickups are i don't remember like the boss strategies which are like the uh which are the crucial part of the run in order for you to be even be able to complete the run at all you know what I'm saying? So, and it, I mean, it's like, well, I remember like, you know, the macro of the game. I don't really remember the micro all that well. Interesting. Interesting. And, 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 and sometimes it's like that with, with other casual games. Like if I, like if I play through, if I play through a game, you know, like over the course of like two days, like I played a game called uh, Galarian's on the PS1, you know, I only remember like one or two choice parts that, that just had like silly dialogue. And I was only playing the game for what, like, two days at most, mm-hmm. but I don't even remember anything that I did. I don't <laughs> remember. I, I don't really remember anything that I did. Like I have a, I have a loose idea of, you know, what I, what I kind of went through while I was playing the game. And, uh, you know, there are, there are some, there's some emotions attached to, you know, certain parts, certain difficult parts of the game. But other than that, it's like when I come, when I, when I try to, when I try to go through and play through it again, you know, it's, it's gonna, it's gonna be like, you know, it's gonna be a blank slate for me. Gotcha. Just, 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 just a, just a blank slate with a little bit of, uh, 
with a familiarity little, to yeah, it. Yeah, with a, with a little bit of familiarity, but not but not not too much. Interesting. Like like that's kind of how it's always been with me and like uh in like first playthroughs of a lot of games like Final Fantasy games, I'd often get like 20 30 hours in when I was younger and it's like, hmm, you know, okay, I want to try this. I want to try going through the entire game again, except I want to try doing it knowing what I know now. Mm-hmm. Kind of thing. Yeah, I think any of the games that I really loved, that's exactly how I approached it. It's not often that I have time to go one, you know, to play it one right after the other like that. But um, it is, I try to, especially I just finished Axiom Verge again. And there's a lot of great speedruns I've seen for that one. And I'd only played it one other time and I'd forgotten the dumbest thing in the world. I couldn't get past one part. All you got to do is, you know, use one of the guns that you've had since the beginning of the game. And oh. I didn't remember that at all. And I didn't remember a lot of the details. But I did, it was just being able to play it again with just enough of a gap to forget, and there was so much familiarity, and it it gave a totally different perspective. I really enjoyed it. Whereas a lot of the games that I've played just a million times, I still love them every uh, every bit as much, but like, I mean, there was a point in every, you know, every 90s kid's life that played Super Mario 3 about a million times in a row every day, you know, no no save games back then and anything. So I I used to know every detail of every block, and I'd still enjoy it. It would just be not as immersive as a, a wide open open game like Axiom Verge, or I guess technically even Breath of the Wild would be. You know, where you could just wander about and do what you felt like. Yeah, 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 for sure. Did you play that one, by the way? Uh, Breath which, of the Wild. Breath of the Wild. Um, a little bit. I I I uh, didn't really get as uh, into it as I as I would have liked. Mm-hmm. Uh, just simply because it's just so open world, as it were. Yeah, like uh, like I don't know. I'm I'm like, like like my like my the video games that I like to play. I always you know I always like to say find find freedom and restriction basically. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, like uh, like I just I just try to like work with you know a certain subset of elements and you know it just like kind of turns into a bit of a puzzle for me. Yeah, and that's I think why so many people, myself included, liked Super Metroid so much. Is oh, because yeah, you yeah. weren't Super allowed Metroid's... to pass certain parts without certain uh, enhancements. But if you learn how to do the glitches, and the first time I was able to do a jump and get into an area that I wasn't supposed to, like it was just the coolest feeling in the world to just get to that point without it. So I like that freedom and restrictions, but then you get to break those restrictions. And yes, kinda, that's yeah, yeah, abs- a- absolutely. That's like that's like one of the that's like one of the main appeals for speedrunning for some. Hmm. Is you know like a like finding you know f- like finding freedom, finding freedom from restrictions, finding freedom in restrictions, just basically taking the games, just basically taking the game's rules and you know just like just like just like totally turning them upside down. Yeah. Some people, some people even go as far as to uh, to inject arbitrary code into games. Like, did you hear? Like, did you see? Uh, did you see any of the uh, the the task spot blocks in no. uh, in? Um, Games done quick. Well, okay. There's a there's a there's this thing called Taskbot. Do you know what a task is? No. Okay. A task is a tool assisted speedrun. Basically, what it is is it uh, is it takes like a lot of people consider it cheating when they think when they think oh tool assisted. So it's like emulators. If you're not put in the same com- competition category, it's certainly yeah not yeah yeah. Cheating. But, it, but it, yeah, but it's, <laughs> but it's like I don't even look at emulators as I don't even look at at tasks as competition. I look at it as. Um, I look at it as, you know, it's 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 a movie that just shows like, you know, crazy stuff that you can do in the game that a human would not be able to achieve. And that's really the whole point of a task. Hmm. Now on the other hand, if you pass off a task as real competition, that's hella cheating. Right. But uh yeah, but in the case of a task, tool assisted speedrun, using an emulator, slowing it down frame by frame, using save states, and basically making like a like an input file, like a file of like, you know, all the inputs and stuff. 
Now, if you if you take that input file, you can actually uh, run it through an Arduino bot and uh, output it to uh, say like a Super Nintendo or something. And um, basically, what it what it would do is it would uh, it would like do all of the inputs that you that you did on like emulator, and you basically be able to play back a tool assisted speedrun on a console. So you literally have the Arduino box as if you were hitting the controller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But except, it except, the yeah, but, it, but, but it hits the buttons for the for the controller and it goes into. And it the, hits the buttons that yeah. you would hit on the emulator. Yeah. that is. I gotta look one of those. Yeah, up. but it's but it's but it's like a but it's like but aside from that, you know, some people who are like who are like you know way 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 smarter than you or I would be able to take would be able to t- to take like a like a task input file. They'd be able to like watch the memory in the game using the emulator. And figure out how to, you know, tweak like, you know, this memory value here, that memory value there, with these, with these input sequences. You know, if I grab this coin here, then it, then it, then it manipulates this registrar. You know, shit like that. And then I have in, seen those, but yeah. only in like how to beat, you know, how to beat Super Mario three in twenty five seconds or something like that. Yeah, yeah, exa- exa- exactly. That's and, that's, yeah. that's 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 arbitrary code execution. You know, gotcha. you probably you've, you've probably seen a, a guy on a, on freaking what's 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 the guy, what's the guy's name. Was it? Was it? Uh, was it Stephen Colbert? I think it was Stephen Colbert. Yeah, it was Colbert. Um, where uh, a guy, a guy named uh, a guy named uh, Mitch Flowerpower uh, beat the game uh, almost as fast as uh, Colbert could make a hot pocket. Oh no! Yeah, it was That's like it was, it, was during, it was during it was during SGDQ uh, last year, I think. Huh. Uh, where where it was like it was like the it, they 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 flew him they flew him out from Canada to just have him just have him on the show and he's doing like the arbitrary code execution run where he can beat the game in like three minutes hmm. and uh, you know yeah so there's something like that but to take it even further because the bandwidth of the controller ports is you know is 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 crazy high you know like sometimes you can just straight inject data through those controller ports and uh, you know just like just like do crazy things like. Like uh, create a create a create like a webcam interface almost. Really? Yeah. Like um, hmm. I, but but uh, but more but more notably, like Taskbot, what Taskbot has done was um, they were able to basically take Super Mario World and inject a game of Snake into it. That's hysterical. Yeah, they 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 they, they just they just, they just took Super Mario World and ma- and and used like you know sprites and you know programming elements within the game. They made they made they made Mario like do a certain thing and you know like they did certain inputs at certain frames until the until it basically just like they basically wrote the code and then they did an action to execute the code in the game and then sudden then suddenly there there there's like a, there's like a game of Snake that's pretty awesome and you know and and similar things were done at like uh, last year's AGDQ where um they had like a they had like a basically like a black and white camera of like the crowd of of Twitch chat even getting rendered on like the Super Nintendo, mm-hmm. it, it, like like through the controller ports, like they basically had like had to do like a direct wire from the Arduino unit to the uh, to like the uh, the whatever traces you know handle the controller ports mm-hmm. and just like literally inject like feed it data through the controller ports That's to neat. just to 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 you know to just like totally break the game and get the Super Nintendo to basically do whatever they want. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah. So um, I wanted to ask what other games, um, like what are your go-to games sure. when you speed run? So you have, the, you know, the Resident Evils, obviously, and then you mentioned one other before. Um, do you have like a repertoire of games that are like yours? 
you know, your 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 bread and butter of uh, like here's what I here's my thing. Um, it's mostly mostly old school PS one games. Sorry for sorry for going on a tangent. No, I, I loved it. I loved yeah. it, and I, I don't. I'm not sure about yeah, uh, yeah. your watchers, you can, but yeah. I know the people that watch my show are gonna love shit like that. Yeah, they probably, probably can, paused yeah. it to go Google the task bot running. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I love De- it. Definitely, I just wanna, definitely, definitely check that out. It's, I just want to make sure cool. I have to. I have yeah, yeah, exactly. more questions come, I want to yeah, ask come, you. So. Come, come, full, come full circle. I've been notoriously bad for staying on topic, but yes, going back to the topic. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I mostly do like uh. Old school PS1 games, uh, just like, you know, from like PS1 and 64 era, but, you know, mostly like action games, RPGs. Uh, my three favorite uh, game series are Resident Evil, Metal Gear Solid, and Final Fantasy. Um, but I kind of, but I kind of dabble in like, you know, other Konami games, uh, Castlevania. Mm. Um, Which Nintendo- one? The uh, Symphony of the Night? Well, uh, I've 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 done speedruns of uh, Aria of Sorrow in the past, oh, but okay. I haven't really I haven't I haven't actively done anything with Castlevania in years. But I uh, but I love following the speedruns, and I definitely want to get back into it for sure. And now uh, you have a device that'll make that easier to stream. Yes, sir. <laughs> we'll get to that later. But uh, yeah, um, so uh, I just lost lost my train of thought for a second. I'm sorry. So, and on any of these games, are you a current record holder for some of these? Uh, Resident Evil. That's Most, pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah, just uh, just 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 uh, some some records on Resident Evil One and Two. So, um, for people that want to start out, um, you know, it's pretty self-explanatory. You sign up for a Twitch account, um, and then uh, you stream your game on it. But for people that want to start submitting records and things like that, um, I know I've known of people over the years that. Uh, that were back in the '90s would do the VHS tape recordings and then send them into magazines. Yes. And then, as as life happens, right? You you know you you have to go out and be an adult for at least a little while, and then you come back to it. I know a lot of people that are in that stage of their life, from you know mid twenties to mid thirties, that are going, you know, I want to do this again. Yeah. yeah and I you, don't want to get out of VHS tape. <laughs> yeah. If you, don't, if you don't mind, if you don't mind me going on a tangent, you know, I can definitely, I can definitely like elaborate on the history of you know of that, but. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but I mean, like, I think I'll, I think I'll start with you know the most, the most obvious answer. I mean, like, you know, these days, all you have to do is you know take a take your take your game console, split it out to you know split it out between like the TV and the capture card, record the video, and uh, submit it to speedrun.com. Now, is there any proof required that you're using uh, like a, a, a standard console? Like in your setup, would you have the console? And if you were starting out, not you know, obviously not somebody that's been there, would you have the console in view just to show that you're actually using it, or is it um, just one of those some, you would know the difference? Some people, I, 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 some people probably like to do that. I haven't really seen it so much, but um, I mean, like, uh, I mean, in my case, I just, I just. Uh, like I like I I kind of have to have a little thing on the side because I do RGB. I do like RGB video, you mm-hmm. know, like everyone's asking, is this, is this an emulator? Is this emulated? And I'm like, I was just going to say, I'm like, no, yeah. no, it's not. The first time somebody used a, a hacked mini SNES mini that, yeah. um, that was properly done and everything. And then especially after the open source scan converter came out, a lot of people were like, that's an emulator. Yeah. Like, yeah. No, this no, is, no, yeah. That's, that's, that, that's an emulator. No, it, it, <laughs> it, it is. It is not an emulator. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Um, for, uh, yeah, so for, for, a, for, for 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 recording, you know, like I like I, like there's no there's no there's no, I mean like there is there is like certain uh there is certain proof that uh, that may need to that may need to be done. You know, it kind of depends on the community. Mm-hmm. Like if there's if there is a known way to cheat the game, that uh, you know, like say for instance in uh, Resident Evil Two on the PC, if you hit F five over and over again to like shift into full screen and windowed mode over and over again. 
while OBS can still capture it, there's a, there's there's a very obvious like pausing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, someone could just like try to pass that off as like lag, and be like, oh well, I uh, I I my 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 computer just kind of sucks, and it's like, well, you know, okay, occasionally there's like network stutter. Occasionally, like, you know, there's the freeze frame and nobody likes to make local recordings. Whatever. Maybe we'll just let this pass until we go to the results screen and see that they beat the game in 20 minutes. Right. As opposed to, as opposed to like, you know, hi, hi, Ren. Hey, buddy. This is my, <laughs> this is my best friend and comedic foil. Uh, and, but, uh, yeah, the, uh, gotcha. but, 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 but yeah, basically, basically it's like until, until it goes down to like, you know, it's like. 20 it's like oh well the, the, he he just beat this he just beat the game and the timer says 20 minutes the video is actually like 60 minutes and the world record is like 40 is like 48 something you know but uh but but you know in order to get around that we have a program along the side that runners also need to capture in order to show the end game timer so that we can like actually see it's counting upward consistently and you know they're not like they're not like manipulating it or anything. So this is definitely going to fall into the dumb question category. But that's something that I always wondered because I've never done any speed runs. Is how do you get how do you set and get the timers in OBS? Do you that's not something oh. that you could connect to a um, uh, to a console. Um. Well, here I'll show you. So you know, like here's like like the timers. You know, you can't really connect it to a console. There might be a way to connect it to a console if there's like a way to somehow view the uh, to view the game's uh, memory. Over like you know a network or something I don't know. It'd There's requ- probably require... a way to do a real time clock something. Yeah, it, it require like you know some crazy some crazy hacking. But you know like here's here's the here's the program I use. It's called it's called Live Split. I'll I'll go ahead and do like a little window capture for you since like we're on my we're on my uh, we're on my setup. So you know it's like uh, boom and there it is. There's 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 a timer. So you literally just manually hit go on the timer and then yep. hit start on the game and that's it, right? Yeah. Uh. Yep. That sure is a split. Yep. I sure beat the that part of the game at that time. Yep. Man, look at all these golds. I'm on world record pace. <laughs> go. Go, go, go. Gotcha. I have to I have to I have And to, because you're being yeah. uh, because there's a camera recording you, a capture card recording the game and then that through OBS, that's the proof that you're not just making this stuff up. Yes, yeah, y- yes and no. I mean, it kind of it kind of depends on, you know, what kind of proof that the leaderboard calls for, but uh but generally whenever I do submit because I've been doing this for a long time, I just like I just generally submit like a raw video mm-hmm. of the game, um, and it's like played from start to finish. And generally, you know, it's like anyone's anyone's watching it. Anyone who's watching it can you know can just like look at the gameplay and look at the timer, and they would just see that there's nothing there's nothing funny going on because I try to I try to get like you know as as good quality of video as I can. Gotcha. And sometimes sometimes that's all you need, but otherwise, you know, if, if there's but otherwise, you know, sometimes it does open the door for cheating a little bit. Like sometimes people can just like take the video files and splice them together. But if you're, cra- but if you're, you know, but if, if you're, you're a live streamer, it's you know, yeah. But if you're if you're streaming if you're streaming it live, then you know it's like the it's like the proof of burden is like is like is like a little is like a little less. But gotcha. uh, but but gener- but you know generally it's generally you know you have to you're like like pretty much the runner is like you know accountable for showing for showing proof that they did it a certain way. Like for instance, turbo controllers is like, oh, is is you know, are they are they doing it? Uh, are they are they able to mash a button that fast? So I just do a video of myself going, you know, just like that, you know. Gotcha, gotcha. 
So it makes sense. And you know, I guess it's a lot of common sense based because, you know, if you're going, uh, if you're just starting out and you're going for a record and you don't come anywhere and you're breaking the record, why, why bother proving you have real equipment? You didn't, you know, it's, yeah, yeah. you're not causing, you're not stirring the waters. Yet, I mean, so. I, I mean, I mean, generally, generally, yeah. But I mean, like there is, there are still like, you know, there's, there's still, there's still rules that you, you know, you kind of have to, you kind of have to follow for submission and, you know, some, some verifiers are more lax than others, but generally it's like the top 10 times that are, you know, that are, that are going to matter the most. Gotcha. So, um, I, I did want to talk about hardware because that is obviously my thing. Oh boy. Um, uh, so one of the things that I was always very fascinated about is, um, I have messed with so many different revisions of so many different consoles and uh, as time goes on, not only do different revisions act differently, but uh, all electronics wear differently. So if you're in a humid climate, your capa- a hot and humid climate, your capacitors would go quicker than others. And every little thing um, is just a small, like, you know, imagine one piece of paper. Yeah. Not not light or not heavy at all, but everything that you keep stacking, next thing you know, it's a heavy everything you're carrying. It's the same way with, with all electronics, right? One little thing, one little thing, eventually you oh, start to see. Dang, I should probably start uh, turning off my power strips whenever I'm not directly playing my game consoles <laughs> then, huh? Uh but I guess the point of what I'm saying is um what factors go into what consoles you could use? Because if you were to theoretically you know, get a cryogenically frozen PS1 from the day it came off the assembly line and, and turn it on now, it would absolutely load your games faster than one that's been used 24-7 since it came out. And- Most certainly. Um, there was actually a, a, a Japanese Resident Evil runner a long time ago who actually used to do exactly that. Um, cryogenically freeze the PlayStation. <laughs> Uh, sure. No, he, he, he'd just, he'd just buy like two, like two Playstations, one that he would use for, one that he would use for practice and another that he would have specifically because, you know, there weren't like, there was no wear down on any of the moving parts or anything like that. And now the practice one has, you know, four or 500 hours on it. Whereas the gaming one that you stream yeah. live with and set your records only has 10 hours on it. Right, so. right, right. But that was, but this was like during like, you know, the mid two thousands, you know, and, and it was it was it was crazy. Like this guy didn't even own a computer, but he but he still like but he still like went as far as to like you know use two different game consoles because it's like yeah, I don't I don't I don't want to lose time to you know to some to something like you know to 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 wear down on moving parts because obviously you know he was he was like uh, he was he was insightful enough to see that. I knew a guy who bought two cars once for that. I, I wasn't friends with him. He was um he was a little odd, but he uh, the, I think it was a Firebird. The uncertain model came out in the eighties. And uh, I, the only reason I knew is because he used to have both parked in his driveway next to each other. And I thought it was the oddest thing where I would drive by. And one day I ran into him getting out of the car. I was like, yeah, aren't you the dude with two of those? And he's like, yeah, you know, I, I deliver papers. Uh, and I didn't want to, you know, I love this car. So, I, you know, a week after I bought it, I went back and bought a second one. And I, that's that's only got about 200 miles on it. I, you know, I love that one. Yeah, yeah. And my first question was, well, if you love it so much, how come you always leave it outside? And he's like, well, I just love the way it looks. Both cars sit next to each other, but you know, this is my daily driver that's beat up, and the other one's mint. Like, the other one's, yeah, the other one, the other one's mint. He's like, he's like, sa- he's like saving it so it won't depreciate. Yeah, that's 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 a uh, that's it's a little more extreme than buying two playstations. You, yeah, you had well, two zeros I mean, on the end of that. <laughs> yeah, so I just had like you know two two three more zeros onto the end of that. That's that's like. Yeah, it's a bit it's a bit much. But of course, you know, it's like it's like all of my all of my PS2s like I pretty much bought like, you know, way after the life cycle. So it's like people, you know, people would call me crazy for like, you know, practically buying a bed of PS2s, but 
but I but I mean like I I bought them you know because it's like it's like they are cheap now, relatively speaking, you know like they cost about as much as like you know a new a new a new vi- a new video game this day and age yeah, like you true. know it's like about it's about sixty dollars like you know forty to sixty dollars or something like that and you know I can just like I can just like find you know find a good deal on it and and then it's like oh well okay so this this is this model of PlayStation I'm going to you know, actually, why don't we uh, just could you hit the eject button and turn on that uh, turn on that PS2 up there? Sure, I'll go ahead and. Uh, <clears throat> so, is it good practice, or is it standard practice then that people who speedrun would go in um, and actually make sure that their consoles, just like a, a race car driver, go in and make sure that everything's at top notch at all times? Yeah, yeah. Hang on one second. Just vision E1S. There we go. Is this the correct? Uh... There it is. Okay. So yeah, so so you know, like here's here's the uh, here's here's the console right here. Could you uh, could you pass me my controller, please? Yeah. So yeah. you know, it's like on it's like on this version of uh, it's like on this version of PlayStation. It's um, it's a uh, driver one point one one, and uh, you know, then this is a seventy thousand twelve model PlayStation. Other seventy thousand twelve model PlayStations aren't always going to have like you know the same the same version of PlayStation driver, which uh, which handles the uh, which handles the loading of playstation one games very differently but you can yeah. still hit triangle you can still hit fastest speed slow disk speed generally fastest speed is more favorable but it all depends on the game some people think that you know there's like there's like one model of playstation that is you know that is just going to universally be the fastest but that 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 couldn't be further from the truth it all depends on the model plus the driver and how it interacts with the loading of the game so even if the even if it's like worn down like even even a worn down you know, PS PS2 SCPH seventy thousand slim is still faster than like the latest model SCPH ninety thousand fresh out the box. Yeah, you know it's funny because you let you let me borrow that actual console that we're looking at right now, and yes, I was out it, of it feels, doubt noticed yeah. uh, noticed a difference in the loading time. Yeah, it feels uh, it feels it feels good to uh, it feels good to be reunited with my baby. Thank you, thank <laughs> you for bringing it back. I tried to only keep it for a few days. I beat uh, I played through a lot of Symphony of the Night on it, and then ended up beating it on a PS One, so the the little white consoles. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, this was definitely faster. And then I had a, a to my earlier point, I had a beat up PlayStation One, one of the not probably second or third revisions, and the loading time was unbearable because it needs a new lens. Yeah, yeah. So I guess people on the tech side of things, if you're doing CD gaming, stream, uh, uh, speed running, make sure to always have a new lens, make sure to have it calibrated. And not to nerd out on everybody, but if you're putting a new lens in your console, um, unless you really know what you're doing, you should have an oscilloscope to measure the actual voltage going to it, or you could burn out that lens immediately. So yes. uh, always rely on your fellow nerds to help with this stuff. Yeah, no, it's like, it's like I, I, any, anything, anything that I, anything that I don't know, I mean, it's like, even though it's like, there's not, there's not a lot of soldering that needs to be done for like a lens thing. I'm still going to pass it off to someone else, even though it's like, even though it looks like I could do it myself, mm-hmm. I don't want to, I don't want to take any chances of like losing it because like, you know, it's like, even though that SCPH 70,012, you know, didn't cost me much money to, you know, to get, I still don't want to have to go hunting for another. Right. Yeah. Because exactly. I, like, a, like another one, just like it, because if I, you know, so, so I, so I'd rather, I'd rather have someone who actually knows what they're doing, do it. Yeah. It makes sense. Um, so you have, uh, you have a very awesome setup and you have what, uh, you have a much more advanced version of what I would call, um, a recommended setup. So, 
I think anybody that's looking uh, for uh, for pre HD games, when I say HD, I guess a better way to put it is pre HDMI game mm-hmm. consoles. Um, you're running things through and playing on a CRT, and then capturing through uh, the best analog upscaler on the market, the open source scan converter. It is a little finicky, so unless you have a matching capture card, the FrameMeister, which was the the best up until now, is an excellent choice as well. Yeah. Um, and I think that's, you know, you, people could accomplish these things as simply as buying uh, an RGB cable that also has a, a composite video pigtail. So you could pick up just any CRT at all, any cheap one, game with composite video, which isn't the greatest, but at least you still get the high quality stream uh, to go up onto Twitch and to save. And that is all relatively inexpensive oh, to know, start out. You know, I never even considered the idea of like of like a SCART cable with like a composite pigtail because i actually did want to do like a series of uh videos on game capture at some point that's actually a really good idea like i yeah well i have those now and then (laughs) cool well i would i would love to i would love to i would love to try one whenever i whenever i go into like experimenting with different setups yeah yeah no problem cool and it's you know i think that's that's something anybody could afford to do. Well, I don't want to say anybody because I do know I have a lot of friends that live out in the middle of nowhere. So it's not like yeah, I'm in but New I mean, York course, City. Yeah, but of course, <laughs> but of course, given like you know, given like how how common something like that is on the uh, on the RGB market right now, you know, I don't really see I don't really see very many you know very many of like you know the the people who are making cables you know making mm-hmm. making something like that unless it was like a custom order. Well, the actually. With the PlayStation, that's very common because uh, of the GunCon games that require you to plug in the composite video line. Yes, so yes, that's actually, actually pretty standard in most of those. And PlayStation also yeah, has yeah, that yeah. adapter that, with the little breakout box in it. But it is a special request if you want it for like Super Nintendo or something like that. And um, I'm, I believe most of them would do it because it's just a little pigtail at the end. And I know Rob in the UK has his overmolds that he could probably just use something similar. Don't don't quote me on that one though. Oh, sorry. Okay, sorry, Rob, but um, there's definitely. <laughs> different ways to do it and uh you know especially if you want to do something like my favorite console is the super nintendo so you would pick up something like the hd retrovision cables you know if they're ever in stock and um then you could uh if you want to build your own you could solder to the board and this is actually easy soldering but you could actually solder your own little composite video pigtail to it which is two wires it's about as simple as it gets um, I like to run the wire through the vent hole, which is ugly as sin, but uh, it does, you don't have to cut the plastics. So you're not there's ruining a, your consoles. There's a, there's a vent hole on these uh, composite cables. Yeah, so... Um, well, here, I might uh, I might have... No, here, this is or perfect. Sorry, right sorry, here. sorry, on the, uh, on the SCART cables is what I mean. So all you would have to do is, you know, oh. you take it apart, and then you use these vent holes, and you run in just an RCA connector. And then you just look up the pinout of the multi-out on the bottom, um, and then you just solder composite video and have it sticking out, which is ugly, and a lot of modders will scoff at that, but it completely serves the purpose oh, of now I you actually... use the multi-out for your, uh, your capture, and you use yeah. the composite video pigtail for your tube, and now for next to nothing, you, you have your, your yeah. split streaming setup. You don't have to invest in a ton of stuff. Well, you um, know, like, that's, that's actually, you know, you know my, next, uh, my, next, my next move after I, uh, like after I have, like, you know, my, after I have, like, my RGB setup on lock mm-hmm. is I'm actually going to try and go for the exact opposite, mm-hmm. which is, like, try and, uh, try and output, like, you know, basic composite video, run it through an RF converter, and just, like, try to capture RF. So it's funny that you mentioned that, but um, to do it the way I said it will, will work fine. To do it the opposite way, it's very hard to find capture cards um, that will process composite video or RF 
properly. So 240p is uh, you know a progressive scan, 320 by 240 image. Right, right. But your average uh, device will interpret it as interlaced, and it'll look even worse. So if your goal is a vintage ugly look, then <laughs> so yeah, there yeah, you go. No. But it's not going to be an accurate. It's not going. It's not. It's, it's not going to be an accurate vintage ugly look, right? Because right. because it's uh it's still going to it's still going to come out very interlaced. Mm-hmm. Um. But that's that's uh, you know in rambling about that, I just wanted to prove the point that anybody that wants to get into this stuff can find a way to do it very very cost effectively. Um, you, if you wanted to do it, if you didn't mind the look of it, you could just use a composite video splitter and get a very cheap capture card and do it that way. But even, I mean, there's ways to start out for under fifty dollars. Uh, oh, you know, absolutely. There's ways to do to do it and still get a really high quality stream with a, a zero lag CRT. Um, that doesn't add that much more on top of it. But what you have is what I think is like uh, it should be like the mark of uh, of excellence here. So oh. um, you're using something called an Extron Crosspoint, which at time of release was thousands of dollars. <laughs> yeah, well these um, these days these days they're these days they're mad cheap on eBay. So. They are, and then uh, you have these nice nifty custom cables. Uh, all shielded that have the BNC video ends, and this is actually called a Phoenix connector. This is how the crosspoints process audio. And the major thing uh, that sets these apart from other switches is that it's called a matrix switch. So you could have, uh, I think yours is 12 inputs to 8 outputs. So that means you could switch between 12 consoles, and then you could output one to your rack-mounted 14-inch uh, Sony BVM broadcast monitor, things killer, um, another one to your open-source scan converter to your capture card, and then you could do, uh, you know, if you ever expanded your setup and got different monitors to fit different uses, so maybe you get a giant-ass arcade monitor just for when you want to do light gun games, you could have all of your inputs and outputs set to that. Right. So that, that full matrix is something that's pretty killer. Um, one question I, I always forget to ask you is what capture card are you using? I'm using a, uh, I'm actually using two, two capture cards. Like the capture card that I'm using for, uh, the camcorder is a, uh, Datapath Vision SD4 plus one, which actually has, uh, which actually has like a breakout cable with four composite inputs. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. Um, hmm. but it, but otherwise it still processes, uh, the RGB video and, uh, I also have a Datapath E1S, like a Datapath Vision E1S, mm-hmm. and that's what I use to capture uh, pretty much everything. Um, either my, uh, either through my OSSC or from HDMI from other game consoles. Uh, what I would really like is a uh, is a good HDMI matrix if I could find one that uh, that uh, outputs the HDMI or like takes input and like in, like HDMI input from like you know my computer. OSSC and and all that and just like output it directly to my capture card. They um they have all uh, there's lots of those in the market, but because those are the mainstream tech, those are now the thousand dollar boxes. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> so. I mean, I, I mean, it's like I it's like it's like I don't you know I don't I don't want like like I, like it's kind of hard to find one. Like I don't want to uh, use I don't want to use like you know the, any of like the monoprice ones because like that's that 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 tech has fallen through on me like multiple times. So it's like from yeah. from my HDMI stuff, I'm like I'm like actually manually like unplugging and plugging in the uh, HDMI to a uh, to a splitter box as opposed to uh, as opposed to using like a matrix. I mean, it's like not that bad because I don't really have all that many HDMI boxes in my setup. Like I just have I just have like a like a like a killer gaming computer mm-hmm. and. Uh, I just like plug that into the splitter directly, or I just uh, plug in um, my OSSC to the splitter directly. 
I found a few uh, HDMI switchers uh, that don't suck, but they're not great. Mm-hmm. So it's not something I would uh, I would recommend in like a, a nice rack environment like this where you have everything plugged in. But um, it is you know it's good enough for for what I do. I found a couple with HDCP removal chips in there, which are hit or miss because sometimes it's a, a huge help, and other times it causes dropouts. The OSSC will freak out with the signal and stuff like that. But yeah, yeah, HDMI is still because it's evolving so quickly, and because of that thing called HDCP, high definition copy protection. Yeah, HDCP is uh, is kind of a is kind of a biggie, um, and it's useless. It was it was thwarted the day that it was released. There's always oh, ways yeah. around it, uh, and all it does is just cause handshake issues, and it's uh, it's mm-hmm. the stupidest thing. I actually was uh, I met some of the group behind that at a trade show one year. I don't think it was CES. It might have been Cedia. And I just, I try to always be happy and polite. I was like, hey, are you guys like uh, marketing guys or nerds? Uh, and they, you know, one of them kind of just get, turns their back to me. I'm like, all right, marketing. And the other guy turns, he's like, why? All right, you're the nerd. What is wrong with you guys? Why would you do this? And he just starts laughing. And he's like, it's not us. It's the industry. It's people not understanding. It's people asking. Right, right. Because, because right. I mean, like, because at the end of the day, you know, if someone, if someone wants to find a way around the copy protection, so easy. They, yeah, they will. They will within like within like within like a day. You know, we're talking about like between between like you know people who pirate games. You know, cracking cracking the uh, cracking the copy protection, or even you know like 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 video feeds. You know, just like just like straight up, just straight up from like the PS3. You know, someone right. just, someone just found like you know a monoprice box. You know, like when people started ca- when when HDMI capture cards started becoming a regular thing, they just found they just found like a little splitter that does it, like a like a like a like a cheapo little thirty dollar splitter yep. that just that just like decodes the HDCP and doesn't re-encode it on output. So, but that's the thing that really gets me is you mentioned game piracy. Um, HDCP has nothing to do with that. All it is right. is encoding the video signal. Mm-hmm. So, what are people worried about? You're going to take your game footage that you paid for on no, the console not, that you the, paid not, for. No, it's not. It's not. It's not the game footage. It's like it's it's the it's it's simple as like you know the someone using like a PS3 as a Blu-ray player right. or or you know using like uh, using like Netflix or something you know just like being able to straight rip the movie off of Netflix or something. And they have made progress. The game consoles from the time the PS3 was released, uh, you know, the first the first large mainstream Blu-ray player till now, they've gotten way better and that HDCP has turned off most of the time, only when you're watching a Blu-ray is it turned on, or the Netflix apps and stuff like that. But it yeah, was, yeah. A, it was these, a bumpy road starting out. Yeah, well, I mean, these days with uh, these days with Xbox One, like it automatically turns on and turns off the HDCP, but you have to do a hard shutdown if you're going to disable the HDCP Ugh. after you've watched Netflix on it. Um, the uh, PS4 just simply doesn't let you open Netflix unless you turn the HDCP option back on. Okay, so you know it's like it's like it's like each... kind of annoying, but a good safety precaution. Yeah, it's it's you know it it it, it kind of works. You know, too too bad, too bad that I uh, too bad I already bought the too bad I already bought the box. I'm already circumventing HDCP because right. I wanted uh, I wanted something that was better for 720p video than components. So. But since we're talking about HDMI and stuff like that, um, are, are the monitors that you use specifically low lag gaming monitors, and is that really even a thing that uh, that bothers you? Or I mean, obviously you're not going to play it on a, a cheap consumer grade TV in like movie mode where it's you know yeah 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 where, where, lag, yeah but. exactly. Um, well, yeah, like I I play uh, well I play all of, all of my uh, all of my PC games on like I have a 144 hertz um, Asus monitor here. Okay. Um, and I just like uh, I just like have one, you know I just like have one DisplayPort connection running directly to it, and uh, another HDCP 
or HDMI, HDCP, HDMI <laughs> connection. So I just use this as mostly my my preview monitor just to make sure that you know like like the uh, like the like basically I'm getting the correct output from mm. the splitter, and you know then I also use it for you know for just you know just to just to kind of just to kind of make sure that you know all my, all my connections are running smoothly. But other than that, you know, I mostly play all my PC games from my gaming computer, just like directly on this monitor. But I had I had like two other monitors here, like two other Asus monitors. Uh, back when I only had uh, back when I only had a uh, a a, a, t- a two a two monitor setup for my streaming computer, I would have like a third monitor specifically for my game consoles, and I would just use um, like I like I would just I would just use. Uh, like a low low latency like you know like the asus uh like the asus monitors they were all they were all evo mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like for like for the uh evo tournament monitors um i mean really i should have just i should have just bought you know something cheaper but even if even if one failed you know i could just like use use another one just in case and just you know g- grab another cheapo monitor later if i needed some extra real estate yeah and it also it's inherent to the ways the games were programmed as well so i would think that um I believe uh, I might be wrong on this one because I'm not a software programmer, but I'm friends with people who are, uh, and I believe N64 and on pretty much. Not so much PS, well, maybe PS1, but definitely N64. Um, the actual video bus has a frame buffer built in. So the the thing that you find uh, there's a, a YouTube guy, Phone Dork, who has what I think is a hilarious part of a video where he's trying to beat a part of Mega Man 2 where you're jumping on the dropping off platforms. And he's trying to do it through a high lag scaler on a you know a TV that isn't set up right. Right, right. And then he just switches over to a CRT and he does it on the first try. So uh, heavily timed jumps like that are really what you're gonna. The last consoles you'll find those in are like Super Nintendo, Genesis, things like that. Mm-hmm. So when you when people are talking about zero lag monitors, like all uh, all CRTs that are pre HD are, um, that's way more important with the older consoles than it is with the new ones. Um, yes, it's 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 generally going to be like especially since uh, all the all the LCD monitors like you know they all have they all have a form of they'll have a form of po- post processing. But generally, if you're going to do if you're going to do retro through an upscaler, mm-hmm. you you want to have like a good low latency monitor. Like right. and most people, you know, most people are going to look it, like like if they like if they actually look for gaming monitors, they're just going to look to you know what's tournament standard. You know, like like right. BenQ, BenQ, Zowie, you know, just like just like something like that. You know that uh, I was just going to ask something, but you answered it for me already. Um, look to what the tournaments are using for the monitors. That's a great way to do it because there were a few times over the years uh, where I'd bought monitors that were supposedly one uh, one millisecond lag, and when I got home and tested it, it was like right. twenty four yeah, milliseconds. Yeah, you got all that. Got all that. Got all that post processing on top of that. On top of the uh, on top of the upscaler unit. Right? Yeah, and yeah. it's you know it's funny because they. Need I really feel like they should be more specific. If they said it's a 4K monitor and if you run it in native resolution, it's one millisecond, no problem. I got you. But, um, you know, if you're doing the retro stuff, that's a big difference. Whereas if I was mm-hmm. PC gaming, first of all, I'd be able to run it at native 4K, so maybe it would right. be. But it would be less important to me as long as it's at about one frame of lag. Yeah. Um, but maybe I'm just a freak, but I could actually tell. Uh, just over two frames of lag is where I could start to tell the difference. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm, 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 I'm much the same way. I mean, like you know, it's like ultimately, you know, my reflexes aren't going to fall within that, but, but it's, but it's still, you know, but it's still something that I like to try to keep consistent mm-hmm. for, like you know, timing for timing purposes. Um, 
<laughs> you know, it's actually pretty funny. Uh, GD, like, like I was overhearing, you know, some of the some of the techs talking at uh, at GDQ, or maybe it was uh, no, maybe it was maybe it was like an article. Um, but uh, yeah, like like they, they they were talking about how some some people who you know run games on HDMI consoles, uh, like uh, you know, just just PS4 or whatever, they'll they'll uh, they'll play a game on like you know like a tournament like a like a tournament grade monitor suddenly there's no lag and it's like you know this this feels really different and then they just switch them over to okay well here here's a consumer grade tv why don't you try running on this okay that's perfect and 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 they're playing then they're playing on on something with input lag and that's just simply what they're used to you know the the one of the things that really blew my mind when i first started getting back into the stuff when i first started the website is i have friends that do love the old games but they're not nerds and they don't play very often and one of them came over and I had like a little cart set up with a, you know, a CRT RGB monitor and the consoles and like, oh, you know, cool. You got this game, that game. They actually named some pretty obscure games. I was, I was impressed that they liked yeah. uh, and they're playing on it. And I, I forgot what she said. She said something like, hey, can you explain why this is different on your TV than mine? I went, well, you know, what do you, what do you mean? The look, the colors, that? And she's like, well, I don't know really how to explain it, but when I press the button on mine... It feels like it takes longer for Mario to jump whatever games that she was playing. And I started laughing. I'm like, you're describing lag. Yeah. So when you take that old console and you plug it into your flat screen TV at home, even in game mode, it's got a process from 240p up to 1080p or 4K. And right, right. It was just so funny to see somebody that, you know, not, not a nerd and not into this completely experienced the thing that I complain right. about all the yeah. time. I can, so. you yeah, know, I can, I can imagine, you know, like that's, that's, that's pretty much, you know, that's pretty much the basis for, you know, for like for like a for like a lot of for like a lot of the stuff is like you know either you just simply want something that's more time appropriate or mm. you know you 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 just you just you just plug it in and you realize hey this this looks and feels like shit mm-hmm. i want to i want to you know figure 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 out how to make this run better you know some people just like or and then there's you know the other camp of people who are like oh, well you know i'm i'm i still i still see the game i'm playing the game you know it's 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 cool. I get to play the game again. That's why it always cracks me up in the comments um, yeah. where a lot of people are like, I just don't understand why you wouldn't buy a Raspberry Pi box. It's the same thing. And it just cracks me up like, man, if you only knew how far from the truth that was. <laughs> not, I mean, in many cases, not always, but. Yeah, I can, I can, I can, I can definitely, I can definitely see that. There's the, 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 uh, the great debate between the SNES Mini and the Raspberry Pi, right? Well, I mean, the SNES Mini is essentially a Raspberry Pi. It's just the Linux emulator box. It's true. So, yeah. You know. um, so I guess, uh, I mean, I'm really glad we got to do this. I've, I've wanted to get in your head and ask you all these questions and try to put myself in what it would be like to, to do something that I could never do. Cause oh, do it I, anytime. I, I always love stuff like this, right? Whether it's, you know, watching my favorite football player or my favorite guitarist or something like you know, do things that I can't do. I love to hear the story, the process, how you get here. So I really appreciate taking the time for all of this. I oh, know, absolutely. Um, I'm trying to look around at your setup if there's anything we forgot to talk about. Is there any anything else you want to say? Any tips? Anything to mention? <sighs> tips. Uh, have a good distribution amplifier. Hmm. That's okay. but but you know the Extron the Extron pretty much covers that. Um, but you know just like just like. Don't and don't split signals just by using Y cables. Right. So yeah, you, yeah. Splitting splitting the signals by using Y cables, you know, like you burn like, out your console. Yeah. Actually burn out your console that way? You it, it it's 
it will shorten the life of your console and it'll kill uh, it could kill the video chip because what you're actually doing is drawing like if you were to take oh you're drawing power from two different places right so yeah, yeah and because and because there's no there's there's no there's nothing that like actually amplifies it right and it and it's it's just it's just yeah which oh, is why wow. specifically before i was saying you use the multi out to get the rgb lines out and then you solder your own composite video cuz those are separate video signals oh. so that's not a split you're touching completely different pins on the board i've actually burnt out uh, i did a, a very cool demo at a trade show once where i took a super nintendo and i had every output rf composite s video and rgb all going to a line of crt so people could see the difference yeah, yeah, in yeah. real time and I thought, well, hey, wouldn't it be awesome if I could also show a consumer-grade CRT and an RGB monitor? And uh, at the time, I didn't have the ability to RGB mod a TV, so I used a component video converter, and I just split the RGB lines. I soldered two, and it lasted about 10 minutes and burnt the chip out because I'm literally drawing current from every, <laughs> every pin on the output chip. So don't do not do that. Uh, you, won't, you won't burn it out as quickly as I did, but you'll definitely... Mm-hmm. You know, I always risk to reward, right? You know, no, there's a thing. I, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta start asking you questions more often before I start implementing new things into my setup because it's like Anytime, half this, man. because I feel like, you know, I feel like I could, I could wind up doing like, you know, half this stuff that you just mentioned and just like totally, totally destroy something. It's like, it's like, dude, these things, these things were expensive to mod. I, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to lose my assets here. Come on. Yeah. yeah. That, that's why stuff like the G-Scart switch is right. so important to me because you just have eight inputs two discrete outputs that don't affect each other at all, and it just works perfect. That's why they're always out of stock, and that's why everybody likes them. Yeah, 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 true. Um, Well, so people can find you on Twitch uh, forward slash carcinogen SDA. Right, Right. twitch.tv slash carcinogen SDA. And I'll put the link down below. And uh, you're on Twitter as well? Yeah, I'm on Twitter as well. And is there any other social media that you normally go to, or are those just your two Uh, main? my, my, My YouTube channel. Because okay, uh, because that's I right. yeah because I because I actually do uh, I also like I like like within like within my setup I also do uh, raw recordings of like just the game video and the game audio as well and I tend to dub over it with uh, just like you know sort of just like sort of drop knowledge bombs about the game and I just like I just like upload it directly to my YouTube personally I think that's like that's like the that's like the stuff that I uh, that I actually really like to show people is uh, on my YouTube channel so it's youtube.com slash carcinogen sda and is that like a highlight reel so if somebody goes in have you ever thought of doing that highlight reels well i mean like if i if i if i had the time then maybe but i'd i'd have to like i'd have to have someone else do it you know who 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 would like just constantly watch my streams and just like flag the times and yeah flag yeah flag the flag yeah. the times well, i mean it's like flagging the times alone i mean like i'm sure that there's a uh, bot command, you know. <laughs> he's in. He's in the box. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but yeah, like there's there there's 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 ways there's ways to there's ways to do highlight reels. But generally, I I I for my YouTube content because it's like it's like different from my stream content. Mm-hmm. Like I try to have like a like a like a bigger emphasis on you know, on like you know the uh, the the game the game itself and less on like my personality. Right. Yeah. So 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 I like I I like to I like to talk about the game and what makes you know what makes you know the 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 run of the game awesome or you know how I do thing A B or C. Well, I think that's one of the reasons I liked your channel so much. Even before I really got to know you, I think I, I met you for like a second, and then uh, it was the iFix guys that told me about your channel, and I, I started watching your streams whenever I had some extra time, and it was you you have a personality. You talk about the game, which are fun to listen to, but it's not a gimmick. 
Mm-hmm. It's not like the cheesy radio host, like Hong Kong. Hey guys, welcome to KRPM, you know, Car <laughs> well, Radio Station. No, it's yeah, yeah, no. no I like to, yeah. I like, I like to, I like to do some of that, some of that stuff sometimes. But it's not like you know, but it's not like my, you know, I, 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 I you're there for the games, right? And you have fun talking about them, but you're there for the game. You're not there to make a spectacle of yourself. So I mean, it kind of, it kind of, it kind of depends on. Depends you can on the sometimes. Setting. Yeah, I, mean, I can't. I can. It kind of. It, it, it depends on. It depends on what I'm doing. But uh, but that's you get into for, the game. For, yeah, but for my but for my YouTube channel, you know, it's it's like it's like specifically, you know, it's about it's about the game. It's about the tech. It's about like you know speed running the game. And you know, occasionally I might you know throw in a joke or two. But you know, just trying not to try not to sound like Ben Stein or anything. <laughs> I think your cat's fascinated with that uh, 14L5. Yeah, he's 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 fascinated by a lot of things. <laughs> he actually uh, that uh, that actually used to be like his favorite uh, his favorite place to sit. Like I had my I had my setup oriented like you know the other direction. You know he'd like just sit on top of the fourteen L five while I was playing the game, probably because it's nice and warm up there. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Well, this was great. Thank you so much, man. Um, we're gonna have you back on again. If you ever need any help, let me know. I, uh, you know, I have tons of boxes of weird connectors and stuff that you could probably use. So, if you ever need anything, just text me. I'll, uh, I'll make Abs- sure to come ab- by. Ab- absolutely, I appreciate. I appreciate it, Bob. Thank great. You. Thanks again, man. Keep it up. I'll keep watching your stream. All right. Thank you.